You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Be warned is the title of this devotion. Now, I understand that that can come across as a bit of a, oh, wow. No, this is actually, in my heart, very, very positive. If I was in a building that I didn't realize was, realize was on fire and somebody would warn me, I sure would be grateful that I would be able to escape without harm. If I was, you know, how often that Virginia and I are on the road and I'm driving and that I didn't notice something and that she says, honey, and I'm warned and I'm able to avoid an accident. I mean, I, I personally want to be warned and I'm not just talking about that kind of be warned, but it's more what I want to talk to you about is how the Spirit of the Lord cautions us, warns us, and deals with us really as children of the Heavenly Father that the Holy Spirit's been given charge over to watch over and keep and guide and instruct and teach. And I want to take you to one of my dear Psalms, Psalm 19, where King David says there in verse 7, and I'll read to you from the Amplified Translation, please. He says, verse 7, okay, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. The reverential fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold and than much fine gold. They are sweeter also than the honey dripping from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, reminded, illuminated, and instructed. And in keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his lapses and errors? In other words, who doesn't make a mistake that you go later, oh my goodness, how can I have said that? How can I have thought that? How can I have done that? I mean, no. And so he says, who can discern his lapses and errors? Clear me from hidden and unconscious faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Presumption means willful. In other words, I know it's wrong and I still do it. I know I shouldn't, but I still. And you know, uh, uh, how many of us have done this? Uh, Like Paul would say, the law says thou shalt not covet. And the very thing the law says, I do. Oh, wretched man am I. What I want to do is what's good. I don't. What I don't want to do that's wrong, I do. And we all have been there. Romans 7, uh, read it for yourself. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. 
Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you in your sight, O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock and my redeemer. And you can clearly see in David that he was a man after God's heart because he meditated on his words. He meditated on God's words, on God's commandments, on God's precepts, on God's instructions, guidance for living. And he meditated on the books of Moses, the five books of Moses. He meditated on the scriptures that were given to him for his day. And while he had less than what we have, his life was exemplary in that God was able to warn him not just beforehand, he was able to warn him also afterwards. When David had done things that were wrong, God was able to come to him and his heart responded. I want to encourage you, be somebody who can be warned. The Bible says a fool barges ahead. In other words, he just doesn't consider the consequences and just does what he feels he wants. But a wise man considers his ways. I think it's so important that we have within our hearts warnings that guide our actions and where somebody may ask you, you know, Robert, why don't you? Nah, I just have in my heart that that's not for me. Well, Robert, why do you? Well, I just know that that's what pleases my father. You see, there's people that say, well, I would never do what you do. I wouldn't put up with that. Well, I wouldn't, because they don't have the warnings of God in their heart. There's a lot of things I do because God has cautioned me or warned me that if I do it, his favor will abound. If I bear it and sweetly lay down my life, his grace will abound. He's warned me that if I don't go a certain way, that his grace will abound. And the warnings of the Lord are in my heart. And I plead for you to have the warnings of God in your heart. You know, Joseph in chapter 39 of Genesis, when he was being tempted daily by Potiphar's wife to lay with her, he said, how can I do such an evil thing? I will not sin against God. You see, to him, adultery was evil, was sinful. And he had that warning in his heart to hold him back from something at his age would have been greatly tempting, but at any age, it can be tempting. But at his young age, when he was a young man, being on fire in his, in, his, in his passions and then having this woman tempted daily to, to lay with her, to have sex with her, and he just wouldn't do it because the warning in his heart held him back. And God honored him for it. You see, God honors those who, who listen to his, he says, and David said then Psalm 19, I know the reward if I follow your warnings. Think about, talk about reward. What about Noah? It says here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, By faith Noah, 
being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. I mean, Noah reaped the sweet reward that God was able to use him to save his whole household from perishing in the flood that came upon the ungodly and upon those whose heart was continually set on evil instead of the Lord. And God was able to warn Noah and he responded. He acted upon the warning. Come on, folks. It's so important. We act upon the warning. I, I was in a store, this is many years ago, and I could hear in the other aisle of the road this mother saying to her child, a boy or a girl that was quite young, maybe one and a half, two years old, or three years maybe at most, one, two, three, and she counted all the way to ten. And the child did not respond until nine because it knew the consequence did not come until ten. And I know that sometimes we misuse the warnings of God by thinking we will just get another chance. We get another chance. But I think it is important that we do not take advantage of God's mercy and goodness by not responding to his warnings. You know, there's this scripture that I personally have found extremely inspiring to my heart and it softens my heart before the Lord. And I read it to you here from the Passion Translation, Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Don't you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you to repentance? You know, when God gives you another chance and another chance to heed his warnings, that is mercy. And I want to encourage you to be somebody who responds to the mercy of God. The last thing in this devotion I want to bring to your attention is here from the book of Daniel, please. If I go to chapter 5 of Daniel, and this actually has quite a deep impact on my heart because I was not always somebody that heeded God's warning. And I've paid some unnecessary high prices that God didn't want me to pay and was trying to prevent from me having to pay and try to hold me back from having to pay. But because I didn't yield and listen to his warning, some of those prices, consequences, in other words, they lasted for many, many years, many years. And I've had to pay horrendous prices in the past because I didn't heed God's warning. And I want to, I pray about this daily that I have that tender heart that responds to his kindness and goodness and not barges on ahead when the Lord gives me the knowing, leave it. No, you know, and guides me in things. 
And so I seek that daily to have that tender heart. And that is part of how you respond to God's warning by also reading the word and worshiping and praying and just daily practicing listening when I'm told to do things. You got to practice obedience, you know. So another thing that I want to bring before you in this subject, be, you know, be warned, is the example the Lord shows you and what happened to others and thereby warns you. The Lord has shown me sometimes things in other people's lives to encourage me to be more thoughtful so I don't follow the same example. And here in the book of Daniel, chapter 5, starting at verse 18. <coughs> o king, says Daniel to Balthazar, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, O king, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. Again, O King, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations and languages trembled and feared before him. Whoever he wished, he executed. Whoever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. Whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was disposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the most high God rules in the kingdoms of man and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart even though you knew all this. Come on. We're talking about be warned. How does God warn you? Directly by His Holy Spirit in your conscience. Directly by His Holy Spirit through His Word. Directly by the preaching that is brought to your heart. Oh yes, I've experienced that so many times. But also by example, by showing you. Belshazzar knew what had happened to his father, how he became like an animal for seven long years. He knew what his father had gone through. He had seen his father depravity. He had seen his father animal, low, down, ugly ways for seven years. He'd seen how his father had lost all of his glory and honor. And how he was brought low. He'd seen how his father, when he was restored, gave God glory and praise. Oh, you read it all right here in the Bible. He'd seen it all. He'd seen the ways of God. It was right in front of his eyes. But look, but you lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of the house before you. And you and your lords, your wives and concubines have drunk wine from them and have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see, hear or know. And the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you did not glorify. 
Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him. And this warning was written, and this inscription that was written, main amen, tekel, ahersen. This is the interpretation of each word, mena. God has numbered your kingdom and finished the tackle. You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting Persia. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And you know, the Lord over the years would bring this word to me. Mena, mena, tekel, ahersen. I just always what does it mean, Lord? What does it mean? And I kept searching him and I kept searching him. Why that kept coming to me? Why that kept coming to me? And the Lord began to show me to honor him in the vessels that have been given for his service. And I'm so grateful that I get the privilege to minister daily to precious men and women of God all around the world who have been given in his service to believe in them and to not treat them as mere human beings and to disregard them or to have no time for them. And I'm not just talking about different ministers around the world, but also just the precious people here in the congregation or my own wife, who is a beautiful vessel of the Lord, or my sons and their wives and their children and my daughter and her husband, they are precious vessel of the Lord. And the Lord has put it so deep in my heart to not disregard anybody, but to realize that they are vessels to bear His glory, to bear His honor, and to treat them as such, because that's where Balthasar fell. He did not regard the vessels that were given for God's service, but he used it for his own pleasure. He lived for his pleasure. He lived for his satisfaction. He didn't live for the glory of God. So I prayed with you. Learn from example. Learn from example. How sad it would be if a vessel is entrusted for you to speak a word in season two and you judge it by the flesh and disregard it and have no utterance from heaven to help them, support them, encourage them and strengthen them in the Lord. You know, the Apostle Paul here in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. He says in verse 27, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, we're the vessel of bearing Jesus Christ in his spirit and nature in us. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ to this end we labor, striving according to the work in which he works in us mildly. To this end I live, that I may honor Virginia as a vessel of God. I may honor my own household. I may honor the congregation. I have the privilege to be a pastor to. I may honor you that join me on these devotions in sharing some grace from the throne of God and say to you, you are not just any person. You are a vessel of glory and honor for the Lord. You are the body of Christ, the temple of His Holy Spirit. Keep presenting your vessel to the Lord as Romans chapter 
1, chapter 12, verse 1 says, because of the mercies we have received, let us present our bodies holy, acceptable, well-pleasing offering to the Lord, which is our reasonable service and not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we could show forth what is God's good, perfect and acceptable will. I feel such an anointing talking to you about this right now, that you are a vessel of God's glory. So let me close with you from David's famous Psalm 71 that I love deeply and have learned so much from this precious Psalm. And David says there in verse 14, you, I will hope continually. I will praise you more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and salvation all day. I don't know their limits, Lord. I will go in your strength, O Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness and yours alone. O God, you taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. Now also while I'm old and gray-headed, O God, don't forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. David had that deep yearning of God in his heart not to waste all that God had entrusted to him, but to share the treasure with the new generation to share the treasure with the new generation. You know, God has invested so much in you and me. Let's share it with others. Let's not just hide away in in the satisfaction of the moment of life, but let us give ourselves that God may employ the graces He has entrusted into us by empowering, enabling others, amen, so that they may be warned to live for God as He has us. Amen. Have a good day.